Our scripture reading this morning comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 12, verses 20 through 33. Hear the words of our Lord. Some Greeks were among them, those who come to worship at the festival. They came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, and made a request. Sir, we want to see Jesus. Philip told Andrew, and Andrew and Philip told Peter. Jesus replied, The time has come for the human one to be glorified. I assure you that unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it can only be a seed. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Those who love their lives will lose them, and those who hate their lives in this world will keep them forever. Whoever serves me must follow me. Wherever I am, there my servant will be also. My Father honors whoever serves me. Now I am deeply troubled. What should I say? Father, save me from this time. No, for this is the reason I have come to this time. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice from heaven. I have glorified it, and I will continue to glorify it again. The crowd standing there heard it and said, It's thunder. Others said, An angel spoke to him. Jesus replied, The voice was not for my benefit, but for yours. Now is the time for judgment of this world. Now this world's ruler will be thrown out. When I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw everyone to me. He said this to show he was going to die. This is the word of God for the people of God. Amen. Sometimes scripture can be a little hard to follow or even understand. Some scripture writers often wrote with very little detail or explanation, um, and we as the audience kind of missed out on the feeling or mood that helps us understand what's truly happening in the text. So I found a video that portrays the scripture reading in a dramatic way um, that helps us understand the passage. Let's take a look at that video. Some Greeks were among those who had gone to Jerusalem to worship during the festival. <laughs> Technical difficulties, it's okay. <laughs> Some Greeks were among those who had gone to Jerusalem oh. to worship during the festival. They I guess if you look at it like this. He was from Bethsaida in Galilee and said, Sir, we want to see Jesus. Philip went and told Andrew. And the two of them went and told Jesus. 
The hour has now come for the Son of Man to receive great glory. I'm telling you the truth. A grain of wheat remains no more than a single grain, unless it is dropped into the ground and dies. If it does die, then it produces many grains. Those who love their own life will lose it. Those who hate their own life in this world will keep it for life eternal. Whoever wants to serve me must follow me, so that my servant will be with me where I am, and my father will honor anyone who serves me. Shall I say, Father, do not let this hour come upon me. But that is why I came. So that I might go through this hour of suffering. Father, bring glory to your name. Then a voice spoke from heaven. I have brought glory to it, and I will do so again. The crowd standing there heard the voice, and some of them said it was thunder, while others said an angel spoke to him. It is not for my sake that this voice spoke, but for yours. Now is the time for this world to be judged. Now the ruler of this world will be overthrown. When I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw everyone to me. Some Greeks. As you can tell from the video, Jesus has a way of turning the world upside down. <laughs> um, let's see. So, the followers of Jesus, um, as you can tell, lived in a very small world. Their homeland, Palestine, was about the size of the state of New Jersey, but... Most of Jesus' disciples had spent their lives in just one province of Palestine, that section called Galilee. They were there, um, they knew that there were other cities like Rome because soldiers from Rome patrolled their streets, but most of their world was just a realm that they could walk to. And that's a good thing since walking was generally the only form of transportation. No buses, no trains, no carriages, and most of the time, not even a donkey. I repeat, Jesus' disciples lived in a very small world. Today's scripture is about an occasion when suddenly, without any warning, the disciples' world grew much, much bigger. They had come to Jerusalem for the annual Passover event. Jews were there from all over the Roman Empire, because Passover was the event a Jewish person did not want to miss. And a few Gentiles were there too, but 
not, a f not many, just a few. These were Gentiles who were looking for something greater than themselves, and they felt that the Jews knew something about God that pagan religions didn't know. Several of these Gentiles, some Greek, we don't know how many, came to one of the disciples, Philip. They said, sir, we want to see Jesus. These men, no doubt, heard reports about Jesus' teachings and his healings. Many of them probably even observed those teachings and healings for themselves. As already indicated, they were looking for some truth, and it must have seemed to them, at least, that Jesus had something unique and powerful, maybe even life-changing, to offer. So they wanted to talk to him for themselves. It was logical that they turned to ask the Apostle Philip to, for help because he, unlike the other disciples, had a Greek name. So these Greeks felt that he might be more sympathetic and understanding than the other disciples. Nevertheless, Philip got with his um, fellow disciple Andrew, and they together go to Jesus with a request. The conversation that follows is strange, almost bizarre even. Jesus says nothing directly about the Greeks or their question. He seems to almost ignore their request. He starts off by responding to the disciples, the hour has come for the human one to be glorified. Jesus goes on to say that unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains a single grain, but if it dies, it bears much fruit. Jesus is foreshadowing his death and revealing his purpose. Therefore, Jesus continues, we must be ready to hate our lives in this world and be ready to lay our lives down to serve God. At this point, Jesus says that his soul is troubled, so troubled that if it was possible, he would want to be saved from this very hour. But he knows that it is for this very hour that he has come into the world. Then Jesus says, I, when I am lifted from this earth, will draw all people to myself. The writer of this gospel goes on to say that by this statement, Jesus indicates that this is the kind of death that he was going to die. So what's going on? What does Jesus mean when he says the time has come for him to be glorified and then speaks of his death and notes that he would escape this very hour, only to conclude by announcing that when he is lifted up from this earth, he will draw all people to him? And what does this strange series of declarations have to do with the visit from several unknown Greek visitors? In our text, Jesus reveals to his disciples and all those gathered that he had come to save everyone. And in that same lesson, the disciples and we as followers of Christ learn who they are called to. At first, it seems like Jesus completely blows off the Gentiles, but towards the end, we find Jesus make a public statement to all the Jews, his people, in the presence of the Gentiles. I will draw everyone to me, Jesus continues to say. Not just the Jewish community at that time, or those who seem to be the most holy or hold the most laws 
or those who looked more like Jesus. The good news is for everyone, and it should be shared as such. I know this is a message that we preach often, but it's important to be reiterated because the church has a long history of keeping the gospel exclusive to a certain type of person. You have to be a certain way, act a certain way, believe, or even look a certain way. That's what our human conditions require of others seeking the gospel. When, in fact, Jesus suggests the exact opposite. To reference a quote by... John Wesley, the founder of, the Method, of Methodism, we should look upon the, all the world as our parish, as the body of Christ. We should not encounter a single person and deem them on the outskirts of Christ's love. Therefore, we need to abandon our human conditions and seek to be more Christ-like. Now, when we speak of human conditions, a human condition is any physical or worldly challenges we face that get in our way of living our best lives in Christ. Anyone, anything from our bad thoughts of other people or our need to win or our constant need to tear others down for us to stay on top, those are all of our human conditions. But more than that, our human condition really comes into play throughout our fears, and our lack of trust in God. Becky was a legal secretary in a small county seat town in southern Ohio. While she grew up in a Christian home and while she lived a Christian life, she told her pastor that she could never really fully commit to follow God because she was sure that God would ask her to go to China as a missionary. And she did not want to do that. Finally, when she was 35 years old, she responded to God's call in her life and said, I'll go to China. I'll go wherever you want me to go. Becky's life changed forever that day. She didn't get a call to go to China. In fact, she continued her job in that small town as a legal secretary for years. What changed was her commitment to Christ she was ready to serve and follow him. And with that readiness came a freedom to live without fear in Christ each and every day. Becky let her human conditions rule her life. She clanged to what was familiar. She feared to leave what was comfortable. She feared to meet others on the outside. She feared to share the good news that she was taught and fell in love with. As a result, Becky potentially missed out on all the great things that God intended for her. But as soon as she let go of her fears and put her trust in God, she found that it wasn't China that she was led to, or any missionary work for that matter. In fact, she stayed right at home. But I imagine she carried the weight of her responsibilities in her life, in her job, in a whole new manner. Jesus, despite his human fear, had no intention of stepping aside from the onrushing events that would lead to his death, but also the glorification of God. That's why he came. And we, as the body of Christ, are also here for the glorification of God. 
But are we allowing our human conditions to limit or even damage God's glory? Or are we, like Christ, laying ourselves down, laying down our lives, and letting go of this world for the sake of God's kingdom? In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.